You're listening to the Bitcoin.com podcast. Our guest today is Derek Yu, CEO of PureStake. This episode is brought to you by the Bitcoin.com exchange, the exchange you can trust. Buy and sell Bitcoin as well as 250 digital assets. The Bitcoin.com exchange is secure, fast, easy, and reliable. Register within seconds and buy crypto with a credit or debit card. Join our community of traders now. Exchange.bitcoin.com. I'm your host, Dustin Plantle. Join us as we dive into the world of economics, politics, tech, Bitcoin, and cryptocurrency. For even more crypto-related news, sign up at news.bitcoin.com or follow us on Twitter at Bitcoin.com. Now let's bring on our guest, Derek Yu. Welcome to the Bitcoin.com podcast. Hey, Dustin. Hey, it's great to be here. Now, thank you for coming on. And you know, this world of cryptocurrency and the world of blockchain, it's a space that never lets you turn it off. It never lets you sleep. So what does it take to start a company? I mean, what has it taken for PureStake? Uh, yeah, I mean, this this kind of 24 hours a day thing is definitely something that's pretty unique to crypto. Um, uh, but it's one of the things that, that makes it exciting, I think. Um, and one of the reasons, you know, uh, that I'm interested in it. Um, I would say that, um, yeah, I mean, I can tell you a little bit about, about my, you know, my journey of how, you know, how I got into the, you know, into the, the industry. Um, actually, most of my background is in um, kind of the non-crypto world. So I spent a long time building companies kind of in the regular kind of Web2 non-crypto world. Um, so that's really kind of, um, you know, a lot of my background, um, you know, actually was in a, a company I started back in 2006 called Fuse. Uh, that was just a traditional kind of cloud technology company. And I uh, spent a good long time there building that company up over time, uh, a, good, a good 13 years kind of building that company up. And, uh, you know, the, the way I got into crypto, though, was really my co-founder from that company left to start a crypto project. And so it was really me trying to understand, you know, what my co-founder was up to and, and kind of, um, you know, try, you know, that led you know, me to start to learning about crypto. One thing led to another. And um, yeah, so he's, uh, you know, his name is Steve Kokinos. He's now the, the CEO of a project called Algorand, which is also based in, in Boston here. Like that's a very well-known company. Yeah, so that, that's kind of how I initially got interested, and it's, you know, it's one of those things where once you start, you know, pulling on the thread, then there's, uh, you know, you kind of keep pulling, and there's like more and more to learn, and I think it's, you know, it's it's quite a, it, it kind of a, it intellectually engages you like this this kind of space in a way that is, you know, kind of satisfying, I'd say. So, you know, I think that's why that's what's led a lot of people here in, into into the crypto world, I'd say, right? There's this kind of super interesting combination of, you know, different disciplines, different fields. It kind of combines, you know, a lot of the work I've done in the past on. You know, working with computers, you know, building technology companies, but also, you know, economics and, uh, you know, you know, political science, to, you know, and kind of how how things are governed. I mean, there's a, kind of a, just a super interesting intersection of like all these different disciplines. So where do you learn? I mean, where do you get your guidance or your information from? Uh, you know, I'd say that, you know, definitely one place is, uh, you know, podcasts like this one, right? So uh, that That's was a, a very good choice, by the way. I, I will tell you, this is the show you're going to learn a lot from. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, but, I, you know, I think that there, there's so much content out there these days, but it is hard sometimes to sift through it to figure out, you know, which ones are kind of worth, uh, you know, worth your time. Um, yeah, I'd say it's, it's reading and podcasts are definitely a big part of, uh, you know, part of the learning journey. And um, it is something where, um, you know, you, you definitely need to put in the time. I'd say that, that is one thing that, you know, at the moment where I, was getting into crypto, I, I happen to have kind of a lot of time on my hands. And um, I think that is one of the keys for, you know, I've seen that pattern for other people that kind of get into, you know, get into this is that, you know, if you're in a moment in your life where you have the time, then there's this very rich kind of thing you can 
dive into. But I think for people that are quite busy, you know, maybe they probably just don't have that time to kind of invest into it to get that you know, initial interest and spark. Going. Now, it sounds like, though, you found a, a unique opportunity within the crypto space. So what problem was it that you were looking to solve? Yeah, so, you know, I'd say that, again, I kind of have these um, patterns that I, I feel like I recognize just from, you know, all the work I've done in this more traditional kind of non-crypto world. And, you know, one of the patterns is definitely that, you know, in, you know, in the regular, you know, kind of, if you look at infrastructures that, you know, these cloud infrastructures, like I was dealing with in my old company, there's, there's many different kinds of specialized systems that all, that all kind of um, talk to each other, right? And I think in the blockchain, it's, it's kind of weird where, you know, you have these platforms, but they're generally kind of isolated, right? And, uh, you know, then you have this kind of, you know, a lot of people saying, hey, like, you know, my platform is better than your platform, you should move over here to mine. Um, you know, that that model seems to be, you know, it reminds me kind of, of like early days of computing, right? Where like, you know, you had these different computer platforms and people were trying to argue, hey, you, you should like, you should move over to my, my platform. But, you know, if you look at the way things kind of work these days, it's really more about, you know, having, you know, a whole bunch of different kinds of systems that, that kind of work in concert together that are specialized. And so that's kind of the direction that I see, you know, the, the blockchain kind of the whole space moving. And so, you know, we kind of have this vision of, um, you know, kind of this multi-chain future, right? So there's going to be many different specialized blockchains in the future. And then I think when you start looking at the, you know, at the world in that way, you realize that, you know, the way for these different chains to communicate with each other is kind of one of the key challenges that needs to be overcome that like doesn't, you know, is, is you know, only in its early days right now. So that's kind of the lens through which we looked at things. And, you know, that led us pretty quickly to, uh, to Polkadot, right? So Polkadot is a, you know, a layer one blockchain, but, you know, specifically it's like seeking to address kind of this kind of problem, right? That, you know, it, ha it also has this vision of there's going to be many blockchains, but, you know, we need to make a system that allows them to kind of communicate with each other so they can specialize. And so I think that was an immediate draw, you know, into, uh, you know, for us to kind of get engaged in the Polkadot ecosystem and, you know, then, um, you know, we've gone on to, you know, build a project kind of in, in that ecosystem. So t tell me about tackling problems. I mean, what's the process look like when you're tackling problems? Uh, well, that's, uh, you know, uh, pretty uh, open-ended question. I would say that, um, you know, it, it's, it's not the case, you know, in my experience that there's like a, you know, a, a single pattern that works, you know, when you're trying to tackle a problem. Um, you know, things that I've learned over time are that, I mean, obviously research and kind of learning and getting different points of view is, is all part of it. But, you know, what I've also realized is when you have a really deep problem, it's it's kind of this variety of different viewpoints is definitely a key point. And you really only get that sometimes by talking to other people, right, that have different, you know, different points of view. So I think that's part of it. And then I think also it's like you just need time, right? So like you kind of need to uh, you know, get these different points of view, but then let it sit for a while, right? Because I think as you kind of, as, as you kind of, uh, you know, let these ideas kind of like, you know, uh, kind of swirl in your mind, like, you know, you, sometimes that it's only time that like lets like the, the, the obvious kind of patterns like emerge. So, um, yeah, I think, in, you know, there are definitely are, you know, pretty complex problems like in this, in this space that, you know, require that kind of, that kind of approach. Now we, we live in a world that it's a digital world, the hiring process, I mean, finding people for your team. I, I knew somebody a number of years ago, that it, when they could be together in the office, he would challenge a, a new person or a person that wanted to work for his company, a programmer. He would challenge them to a video game, a game he knew that they had never played before, to see that at the end, if they improved or if they remain the same, what has been your, Eric? How do you hire people? Um, yeah, kind of walk through, like, what do you look for 
and a team member, knowing that ultimately they are a reflection on you and your brand? Yeah, no, that's a great question. I would say that my views on this have like dramatically changed over my career where, you know, when I was a, a younger person in a hiring role, I focused very much on like experience and skills. And I would say that, you know, while uh, of course those are important, you know, now when I think about hiring decisions, I, I weight uh, like cultural and like value fit much, much more basically than, than the skills. I mean, you can always teach someone like new skills. It's very, very difficult to you know, teach someone to be a cultural fit or you know, kind of change kind of like, you know, these kind of underlying aspects of their personality that may make them, you know, either a better or worse fit, you know, for your organization. And I think, you know, that definitely comes from experience in building companies where, you know, I think it, it's like these things, you know, you, you hear people talk about, well, what, what's your culture? What are your values? And I think when I was a younger person, I kind of said, well, that's kind of big company stuff. You know, you yeah. go to a big company and you have the 10 value thing card, like on the side of the cube. And, you know, we don't need that. And like, but you realize that it is something quite important about that, right? To kind it of to, to talk about like what's important to you as a, as a team and to kind of be explicit about it and to talk to like, you know, new hires about it and f- see the reaction and figure out whether it's going to be a fit or not. And, you know, I've just seen that when that's not a fit, you know, it can be, it can cause like big problems. So that, that's kind of my thinking is that, you know, you really need to, you know, focus in on, on that aspect of things as being, you know, uh, one of the most important, of course, you know, the, person needs to be intelligent and be able sure. to, you know, adapt and learn and these other things. But, you know, I, I that's kind of where I, where yeah, I well, that's a way of putting it. I mean, for entrepreneurs like yourself, I mean, that is a challenge, you know, to make sure the talent that you're bringing on, they, they can do exactly what you believe they would do. So accountability, I mean, how do you get things being that there are deliverables, you've got, you've got a product, it's got to get done. You, how do you keep people on task when in this world, things can be a little bit more complex uh, things could be a little bit more different today during COVID. So how do you keep people aligned in the goal? Yeah, I mean, I think, um, I mean, I just reflect on kind of even the current environment we're in now. I mean, you know, at this point, we're, you know, we're definitely a remote first company. And, um, you know, I think a lot of people are faced with that same reality. And uh, there are definitely things that, you know, on the on the good side, you know, if you really remove those kind of physical location requirements, you know, that really opens the world, right, to be able to, you know, kind of hire the people that are going to be the best fit you know, for, for your role, but it does come with these communication challenges. I would say that, you know, a big part of, uh, you know, of getting people uh, to, you know, all be on the same page is just spending time together. So the question, you know, we've been asking yeah. ourselves is how does one do that in this remote <laughs> Yeah, world? exactly. Give me some help, and, uh, by the way. How do you do this? Well, I mean, one thing I'd say is, you know, we just have like a standing rule where, you know, uh, twice a week, like, you know, uh, we, the entire team, like, and, you know, we're up to, you know, over 20 people at this point, um, you know, are on a call where we just share, like, you know, what it is we've, you know, worked on in the last, like, three days, what it is we're going to work on in the next couple of days, and, you know, and challenges. So it's almost like an engineering stand-up, but across the entire company. So that's, you know, business development, marketing, like, the, you know, all the way around. And, you know, it takes time. And, you know, I think, you know, one you know, you could look at that and say, oh, well, is that really the best use of time for everyone to, you know, kind of be spending this, this, this you know, this time kind of reporting like what's going on. But, you know, what we found is that that's like the, you know, that's just quite critical to like developing those, those kind of bonds, right? Like, um, and kind of just having this like shared understanding of what's happening. Now, I think as the company gets bigger, you obviously can't do that as a whole company. So that's kind of a, a great benefit of having a smaller company is you can do something like that. But, you know, even as you get bigger, I think that, you know, that, that style or that technique, I think, will work um, even on a departmental level, right? As a, as as the world grows. Yeah, no, that, that's a great way uh, of kind of looking at it from from a scaling aspect. 
because you can't replicate you. You know, you're, you're just one person probably working the, uh, you know, the, the three times what the normal person's working these days. How do you scale the business? I mean, being that the expectations are big. Yeah. I think that, you know, one thing that's pretty cool about about uh, the crypto space in particular is that it's a pretty high leverage, you know, kind of situation where, you know, you don't need like a massive team to make like a pretty big, uh, you know, a pretty big impact. Um, I'll give you some example. I mean, we're working with, uh, you know, quite a number of um, uh, existing Ethereum based projects at this point. And, you know, these are high flying kind of, you know, top 10, top five DeFi, you know, protocols. And when you talk to the team, you realize, hey, this is like, there's like 12, 15 people here, basically, right? So, um, you know, I think this is something where you realize that, you know, that's kind of the nature of these systems is that, you know, I think it's very complicated work and it requires like a certain kind of expertise, but you don't need a huge team to, you know, to build something that's really going to have like a big, uh, a big impact. Uh, so that's something that was, that attracted me um, because I do think that, you know, having gone through, I mean, my, the, the last you know startup I had grew to be like a 700 person company over time. That's, that's incredible. Um, but, you know, it changes quite a bit. I would say that for me, there's like this, this critical point at around, I don't know, I'd call it like, you know, maybe a little bit north of a hundred people or so when you start losing that like personal connection with like everyone you're working with and, you know, the nature of a company changes, right. As you, as you grow beyond that, I think then it's, definitely much more about you know, a bit of formality in the structure and about, you know, how messages are communicated and other things. And, you know, I mean, there's um, definitely, it's a skill in itself to kind of, uh, you know, manage and grow large organizations like that. Um, but I think that, you know, in this, in the, the kind of uh, the days when you're kind of smaller than that, it can be more fun in a way. Right. And it's right. kind of easier to kind of be this cohesive team. And that's something that I personally wanted to get back to. Right. I mean, I think that's something where it's a, you know, frankly, it's kind of a, better fit for kind of like, uh, for, for my skills. Sure. And your last company, while it was clear to define what is a success in that a, of, you know, a company coming along and, and acquiring you, how do you define it for pure stake? What would be success in your eyes? Yeah. Um, I would say that just, you know, a lot of our energy, you know, mental energy and attention is going towards, uh, you know, the launch of our, uh, Moonbeam project. So this is the project I was alluding to earlier that we're working on. That's um, uh, you know that's going to be part of the Polkadot network. Uh, that is definitely something that um, you know is uh, you know uh, I think quite ambitious. You know in terms of its goals, um, you know uh, is requiring us to kind of break new ground in, in some areas in terms of um, you know new technology. And um, yeah, I think that's that's you know uh, you know kind of seeing that uh, successful kind of launch and, you know, wider spread adoption is something that, you know, I, you know, that's something that's quite top of mind for me. And so I would consider, you know, that to be a major, major milestone, um, you know, when you know, we can kind of accomplish those things. Man, that's very cool. Now roadmap, talk to us about the roadmap. What are you guys working on this year and what do you see going into 2021? Yeah. So, I mean, our, this, this project Moonbeam that I was just talking about, um, you know, it's going to be deployed as, um, you know, what's called a parachain on, uh, the Polkadot network. So Polkadot is, uh, you know, a layer one blockchain. Um, you know, it's a network of connected blockchains. Each one of those is called a parachain. And we're building one of those. And um, so, you know, we've been working quite hard at kind of this kind of just feature completion of, you know, all of the things that we need uh, on uh, our parachain. The, the idea of it is that, you know, we're basically implementing um, the Ethereum feature set, right? So everything that Ethereum has, uh, in terms of developer features, you know, we've implemented on you know, our Moonbeam chain. And so we're trying to create this environment that's at the one hand, very familiar in the sense of being compatible with existing tools, being able to be, you know, very quickly and easily used by uh, folks that are deployed, you know, to Ethereum today even. Uh, 
uh, but new in the sense of being part of Polkadot and having this kind of native interoperability built into it so it can work with, uh, you know, other chains, other assets, you know, kind of access a new set of users and, uh, and, and new set of use cases. Um, so, the, you know, that's, uh, that, that's kind of really what we've been focused on is just making sure we get to, you know, kind of feature completion and can, you know, launch, um, you, know, uh, you know, launch this project on, on Polkadot as these uh, initial um, uh, parachain auctions, as they're calling them, are going to launch, uh, are going to start to to start to allocate these uh, these slots on Polkadot. Well, and you know what, by the way, thank you for letting me ask you the tough questions. I always say trust and respect are earned. You have earned my trust and earned my respect. Many people out there, they want to get to know you. They want to know what do you guys do and what, how are you different? I mean, when there are 6,000 plus other companies out there that are in this space and growing every day, they want to know that you're here to stay, that you're committed, that you're giving it all you have. I mean, you know the old saying that all it takes is all you got. And from what I've heard today, that your last business, you gave it all you had. You grew it to a 700-person company. And your goal for, for this organization, for Pure Stake, is the same thing. Let's grow. Let's scale. Let's bring on high-caliber, high-quality individuals from across the world uh, to help us take this to the next level, ultimately make a difference, and leave a, leave a legacy behind. So tell us, how do we learn more about you? Yeah, so um, uh, you know, one great way would be to just uh, visit uh, you know our website. Um, you know, for the, the the Moonbeam project itself, that's moonbeam.network. Um, there's a whole bunch of resources there in terms of uh, you know developer guides, you know uh, videos. Uh, we have a whole collection of YouTube videos. Um, so that's probably the best place to learn. Um, you know, we of course have um, uh, you know Twitter handle uh, at Moonbeam Network uh, is another uh, great place to you know see all of our announcements. And um, yeah, those are probably the best two places. Thank you again for joining us on the Bitcoin.com podcast. Thanks, Dustin. You've listened to another episode of the Bitcoin.com podcast. Subscribe at news.bitcoin.com, where your journey begins.